thank you very much, Jane and Anita, for taking time dialing in um, and celebrating the WIPO World IP Day. The motto this year is Women in IP Accelerating Innovation and Creativity. And the intention is to, quote, unquote, celebrate the can-do attitude of women inventors, creators, and entrepreneurs around the world and their groundbreaking work. On WIPO's webpage, there are 12 examples of historical women listed, um, such as Marie Curie, Coco Chanel, and Catherine Johnson, for example. And I think this year's motto is really timeless and topical at the same time. So a great choice for the World IP Day, because IP is traditionally a male-dominated domain. And over the last few years, we have seen some changes, um, more diversity, equality, and accessibility. And I believe that we all are already uh, beginning to benefit from that. But before I'm getting too far ahead, let me introduce everyone. First of all, of course, Jane Boo. It's really great to have you here on this interview. Um, I think you started your career 20 years ago in IP, in private practice. Then there was a step in 2012 where you founded your own legal consulting firm, um, especially designed for technology startups. And now, in the meantime, you are senior direct legal at VR Licensing, so one of the largest pool administrators and obviously well-known in our community. And I think our community, the IP community, also knows you very well as a kind but sharp IP strategist. And everyone appreciates your profound knowledge and experience in protecting, developing and monetizing IP. Then also on the call with me, my um, colleague Anita Peter, patent litigator in our litigation group at Badile Pangberg. Um, and myself, Tilman Müller, I'm a partner at Badile Pangenberg and also active in patent litigation and licensing. So um, I briefly touched upon the motto of the World IP Day this year, Women in IP. Jane, what are your thoughts when you hear this motto? <laughs> uh, well, I obviously like the motto. At, at women in IP, I um, I have to say that um, I do interact with many technology companies around the world, and I do start to see more and more women joining the meeting or even taking a leadership role in decision making or in strategic movements. So, so I think it's very encouraging that there are more women in IP. But I'd like to see more women in IP. <laughs> it might take a, a a while, but I always think that having a you know more diverse, balanced group of uh, people doing the uh, project matter brings different ideas and creativity to the table. So the result's always a positive result when you have a more balanced, diverse group of people. Uh, many thanks for sharing your thoughts, and I'm uh, completely with you. It's uh, great to have a more and more diverse environment. But um, I would be interested in whether there are moments during your everyday work which remind you of the fact that uh, your work might be an inspiration for others. <laughs> you know, I've never thought it that way. Uh, 
But I realize, I do realize. So for 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 example, using uh, my company via licensing as an example, the when I look around, we do have a great uh, diversity within the company. It's about fifty percent equally, or maybe even more women, right? And at this entire entity via licensing is an IP shop that they we only do IP related work. So we can say that we have more than fifty fifty percent women in um, in the company, and then but more importantly. And this is not a pitch for VM, I'm just looking at an immediate example, right? But what more importantly that I noticed that are uh, very notable and different uh, from others in the industry is that women also take a lot of positions at the executive and leadership level. Because I remember seeing some stats, which I can't quote, uh, but I, I'm pretty sure it's accurate, is that while there are more women entering to the legal field or IP field, but... Um, at the level of decision making or, or executive leadership level, there's still very, very few, and the percentage is very small. And but when I look at via, a few of the critical positions are all filled by women that who are uh, like myself have many years in the industry that brings a lot to the table. So I think that makes a huge difference. It's not just a number, but where whether women are in a leadership position, whether they are taking a substantive participation in important projects, I think that's really the true test. Um, so, but coming back to your question, Anita, I, I I do realize that some of my colleagues and some of the younger generation often come to me and say, can I take you to lunch? Can I have coffee with you? I am considering doing X, Y, Z. I would like to hear your opinion. And it's very, I'm very honored to have them approach me. Um, I, I do realize that inadvertently, it's not purposeful, but inadvertently, um, everything I've done and how I do things have become a somewhat of a roadmap for the younger generation, for the people, for the women that work with me. And I appreciate the opportunity. I really hope that I can, you know, give them some positive guidance and hopefully um, share some of the mistakes that I've made that save them some time. <laughs> More so the mistakes, you know, share, sharing mistakes rather than uh, positive guidance, I think. Yeah, so personally, I also think that uh, having a role model, what you described uh, right now, is a very important factor in the working environment, especially when uh, with regard to women. Um, so, but um, do you remember any particular allies or mentors uh, who helped foster your career? Yes, having mentors, having really good mentors and teachers and also friends, right, that are in the industry that provide you guidances are critical, critically important to no matter how much you think that you might be on the right path. But sometimes you can be blindsided. Sometimes you're too focused at looking at a particular issue. You're not seeing the bigger picture. And having your mentors and your colleagues that are on your side that are able to provide their viewpoint and guidance is really important. And I had, I'm very fortunate that I had many mentors and uh, particularly I've been at VIA for about 10 years. And I have to say the leadership at VIA, um, the previous president and the current president, they all serve as that mentor person to me. And um, I would go a little bit further to say, it's not just mentor, everyone needs an advocate in their life or advocates in their life, right? So in my book, an advocate is someone that even when you're not in a room and when you didn't ask them to do anything for you, they will step up for you and they will advocate 
for you to elevate your position and your career in your life. Mentor is easier, right? You can ask someone, hey, can I have coffee with you? Can you share your opinion with me? But an advocate is very rare to get in life and they will be very important for your career, especially I think for women. And uh, and I hope to be an advocate for the people that are in my organization, that everyone that I respect, that I work with, that work for me, that I will be an advocate for them. Yes, you already addressed my, my next question, actually, because I wanted to ask you, what were the hurdles you had to overcome, which you hope women who start today in IP no longer needs to overcome? Uh, well, um, I don't know if it's no longer need to overcome. I'm not sure we're there, uh, but I, I do think there is significant, absolutely significant progress that was made compared to 40 years ago when my parents, my mother was, you know, looking for something, right? And versus 20 years ago, when I started this journey in IP field versus today. So significant progress and realization, awareness for for diversity and equality, particularly for women that have been made. But certainly, I don't think we're, we're, we're all the way there. We say, oh, everything is perfect. That's the first part of the, the answer. And, uh, and the second part is that um, I, I think um, back in the days, back in the days, I make myself sound really old. I'm really not too old. <laughs> back, back in the days that in, in America, there's a term called cookie cutter. Cookie cutter means um, um, you might be aware already. It means the same, right? So the model for success and what a management, what a decision maker in the IP field or the legal field view the next generation has a very cookie cutter view of what they think a person will be successful, will have the capability to do things. And they all look like the same person, I'll tell you. <laughs> a white male with certain type of education, um, with certain type of background, with certain type of personality, uh, let's call them aggressive or, or go-getter, right? And so if you don't look like that or act like that or sound like that, you almost have no chance to succeed unless you work 10 times harder. Uh, you take on projects nobody wants. You take huge chances or you do it for yourself. Right. So so these are some of the biggest challenges, at least in my experience, that women face in IP from from a long time ago, from you know two decades ago or maybe even 10 years ago. Um, today, I do think that even from HR point of view, our company have policies that we must consider women. We must proactively consider diversity candidates and uh, bring a more balanced team to the table. So I do think that's a lot better today, but we could do better. And do you have um, any specific tips for women starting a career in IP in that environment? In that environment, yes, too many, <laughs> many, many, many. Um, probably not enough time for me to go through all day today. But a couple of things that are that I think important. One is um, stop feeling guilty about anything, um, because as a woman, you have to balance, right? With what if you have children? What if you have to take care of? household. And there are other things, there are other expectations, whether it's um, from your cultural background or family background. So stop feeling guilty because you can't be in many places in the same time, unless you're Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> so you, you can be 
always going to school for your kids. You can't be there for your coworkers whenever they want. You can't be there for your clients whenever they want you. And so you start feeling guilty about everything. I'm not a good enough mother. I'm not good enough teammate. I'm not good enough leader. I'm not a good enough employee or whatever that might be, right? Stop all of that. You're good enough. Nothing that should be feeling guilty. And people are lucky to have you on your team and they should work with your schedule. So that that's the number one thing that I would say, right? Because it's an internal challenge. People might look at you and, and already have a lot of respect for you. But I think um, women and some of my colleagues that I that I see tend to internalize that guilt a lot and say, oh, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. You don't. And and then and then the the second thing is that again looking into mentors and leadership and people that who've done very successful, particularly women, just because they have a career path, they had their experience a certain way. It doesn't mean if you follow that path and follow that and everything they did, you will get to the same place. So don't feel bad about it. It doesn't mean you're not good enough, right? Because we're generalizing women as women in and that's 50% of the population and then we're not looking at any of the vertical challenges whether it's religion race background education economic background your parents background all of that influences where you are how you are going to get a pathway for success so i would say the second thing that i think it's also extremely critical is that there's no one way of being successful. There's no one path to be successful. And looking at that person across the street, a woman that was extraordinarily successful, and you don't have followed that person's path. This is a very helpful insight, not only for persons who just started their careers. Uh, many thanks for that. So just as a general thing, uh, what do you find most exciting about your job in IP? There's not a single day that's the same. I feel like it's not a boring day. I actually would love to have some boring days <laughs> where, where I just go to work and nobody call me and no emergencies, no fire to put out. Um, but but what I appreciate it is that I never get bored. Always new challenges and new problems as well as new solutions. So I really do like the challenges that my job brings, right? It's a, I know IP is general, but particularly for, for my line of work, not only we deal with IP, we deal with different companies, different technology companies, different personalities from the companies from different countries that who have different policies that all have to come together to do something and agree on something. And um, not to elevate myself, but I sometimes I feel like we're running a mini UN. <laughs> we have to negotiate with everyone, uh, uh, taking into the geopolitical issues, right, into consideration, which you think that shouldn't have anything to do with IP, but it has everything to do with IP. Uh, so, so I would say that's probably um, the most interesting aspect of my job. I do not want to get bored. I don't want an easy job. Um, when we're coming back to diversity, um, what do you think? How do companies benefit from fostering diversity, equality, and accessibility? I think that the industry in general are very much aware the benefits of uh, diversity and equality, right? Bringing different type of people with different background in, uh, to the same team, um, because everyone's viewpoint is different. When you go approach a problem, you always do exactly the same way and you never will find elevation or 
or or new solutions. And uh, a lot of companies like to say, if things are not broken, don't fix it. You know, that takes away the opportunity to excel, to truly, truly improve and, and discover new grounds. And I think bringing people that are think differently from you um, will excel that. And so, so I think that in itself, um, um, it enhances companies' performance when you have di- a diverse team. And then when you enhance company performances, ultimately it generates more revenue and ultimately it satisfies shareholder, right? So I think the true school of thought we, we are here just to make money for our company. We are here to bring a more diverse group of uh, people and to be more socially conscious. These two goals are very much consistent with each other because the diverse group, you know, diverse grouping, uh, once you reach that, it enhances revenue generation for sure. Thank you very much for your insights and and your point of view. Um, it's been very interesting and inspiring, um, also from my male perspective, obviously. So thanks for taking the time, Jane, Anita, and happy World IP Day. <laughs>